John chapter 20, from the theme, he has risen. He has risen. John writes to us and tells us about a lot of the things that Christ, our Savior, did in his lifetime. And this particular story today is no different than all of the other writings that he talks about. The significance of this particular story is that he tells us about what takes place after the death, the burial of Christ, our Savior. And and he begins with chapter 20 this way. Now a certain Sabbath day came Mary Magdala early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and saw the stone taken away from it. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Yeshua, our Savior, loved, and said unto them, They have taken away the Anonai Hamashiach out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they laid him. I'm reading from the Sefer. Mary here is concerned because she comes to the grave and the reason for coming to the grave was not what she found. She and the other women that later came, came to the grave to put the final dressings upon Christ Yeshua's body for his permanent burial. But when she arrived at the grave, The story is told that she found that the grave was open. Not only was it open, there was no one in the grave. She expected to find Christ in the grave and to go ahead and complete the burial ceremony that they normally carry out. She goes to Peter and to John, whom Christ loved, and said, Listen, he is not in the grave. Someone had removed him because no doubt she had forgotten that Christ said, in three days, I'm going to get up. In three days, I'm going to rise. She no doubt had forgotten that. Peter had forgotten that. And John also had forgotten all of that. Peter, therefore, the Bible says, went forth him and John to the sepulcher. Both ran, but Peter stayed back and John arrived first, stooping down and looking into the sepulcher to see what's going on. But he didn't go inside. Peter finally gets there and goes inside. And he finds that the linen and the napkin were neatly folded and put away. Now notice that they find that these things are put away. But what they didn't see was the angel of the Lord. They did not see what Mary saw when she looked in the sepulcher. Stories told that once they saw this, they went on about their business. They weren't excited. They weren't concerned. They had forgotten that Christ said, I will rise in three days. Word tells us that, 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 that they continue with this story. And, and as they stooped down and looked and saw the linen clothes and everything that they saw, then Peter 
following him goes in. Peter gets inside and once he gets inside and see what he sees, they all leave as I said. Then went the other disciple into the sepulcher. Once all of this is done and they're gone and now Mary is standing there without the sepulcher weeping. And she wept for a while. She stoops down and looks into the sepulcher. And when she looks in the sepulcher, she sees the angels there. The guardians of the body of Christ. She saw them, but the disciples didn't. Isn't that amazing? Because her love for Christ was so strong. Her love for Christ was so, so devoted. She devoted her life to him. This was the same Mary that washed his feet with her hair and used her perfume as the anointing oil on his feet. So, so she had a lot to be thankful for. And she was very concerned that the Savior, for some reason or another, had been removed out of the sepulcher. The word tells us that whenever she discovered this, she began to be concerned. And she saw the two angels sitting in white and one at the head and the other at the feet. And when the body of Yeshua was not there, she became very concerned. The angels looked at Mary and said, why are you weeping? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? See, they hadn't understood yet. That the Savior said, I will rise again. I will get up out of the grave one day and I will move forward with the things of eternity. So now, now she's standing there, no doubt, and they tried to comfort her, but that wasn't enough. She comes out and, and, and as she's standing there, she sees the gardener. Now the gardener kept up the, the, the graves and kept up the graveyard and she kind of figured, well, maybe he knows where Christ is. And she says, look, gardener, tell me where you put him. And I'll go and find him. But, but she didn't realize who she was talking to. And the story goes on that she stands there and, and she turns around eventually and she sees the Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. And when she sees him... He says, Mary, and she says, my Lord and my God. And he said, don't touch me. I haven't ascended to eternity yet. He didn't mean she couldn't embrace him. She just meant he could, she couldn't hold on to him because he hadn't ascended to heaven. It wasn't what he had to do on earth was not completed. But he had already received the supernatural power to go and come as he pleased. To appear and disappear as he pleased for he was indeed the incarnated, but he was also the resurrected Savior. He was the son of man, but now he is the eternal son of God and the eternal man that gives life and eternal life to each and every one of us. The word of God tells us that Christ gives her a message. Go find Peter. And the disciples, yeah. and tell them that I'm headed to Galilee. Yeah. And there they can find me, and there they will see me. Mary runs ahead to tell them, and when she tells them what she sees, they don't even believe it. They, they, they had, you know, that doubt. Even Thomas himself, Didymus is what he was called because it was doubtful. He himself did not even pay attention to the fact that Christ 
had risen from the grave. But, but she goes, she carries this message to them, she gets to them and they receive it. Not because they are not ready to receive it. But the scripture says that they're sitting in this upper room in the city of Jerusalem. And when they're in this upper room, the Bible says that Christ, who had risen from the dead, just appeared. The doors were closed, everything was locked, and he just automatically just steps in the room. Can you imagine? He had the power. He was to be invisible, to be visible, to come, to go, to walk right through a door. He had that kind of power when he resurrected from the grave. He had the power to go and come and do as he pleased whenever he got rid. Word of God tells us and shares with us. She says to him, she calls him teacher. He says, wait till everything that my father needs to do is done. He tells the disciples in that room as they're sitting there, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you not believe when I told you I'm coming from the grave? See, it was a time that he rebuked them and reminded them of what he had taught, that he would be crucified, that he would be killed, that he would be buried, and then he would raise the third day. But because of their unbelief and not willing to receive and accept it, he comes into that room and the first thing he does is scold them. He rebukes them and reminds them that this was already prophesied to you during your training session. Yes. Then the Bible says after he told them that, he ministers to them. And then it says he breathed on them. And, and, and in the book of Acts, the second chapter, it tells us that, that the Holy Spirit comes in the form yes. of cloven tongues yes. and lands upon each and every one of them and infills them with the Holy Spirit. And when he infills them with the Holy Spirit, they now have power too. And the power that they have is to go forth and to preach the gospel to every single creature according to Mark. Matthew says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them and continue to teach them. See, he gives final instructions. Sometimes when you have an assignment, you got to have all of the assignment in order to understand what you're supposed to carry forth. So Christ tells them, this is your charge and this is what I want you to go forth and do. Tell the story of what you have seen. Tell the story of my resurrection. Tell the story that all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. See, one writer said it like this. He said, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Yeshua is Lord to the glory of God. And say, another writer said what? There is no other name under heaven and earth whereby men can be saved except through Christ Yeshua our Lord and Savior. See, when you receive him and accept him, you've done what God told you to do. He want to make sure that the disciples go forth and share this story. 
He wants to make sure that they go forth and continue to tell that the kingdom of God is alive and real. Holy Spirit comes, endows them and fills them with power. And once they receive the power, Thomas is not there. So when they go tell him the Savior has come, Thomas don't believe. This was before the Holy Spirit came. Thomas didn't believe. But a week later, he was there with them when Christ just right, appeared right through the door. But he said, I'm, I'm not no ghost. So because you think I'm a ghost, come and feel my hand. Thrust your hand in my side and give me something to eat so you can see that a ghost can't eat anything. And a ghost can't feel anything. A ghost can't touch anything. But the Son of Man, the Holy of Holies, the awesome, loving, divine, unique one, can indeed touch feel, hear, and respond. Not only that, he's a healer. Whatever's ailing you, he can heal your physical sickness, your diseases. All you got to do is call upon him. What he says, see, see, we we say at the name of Yeshua, there's power in his name. He said, just pray and ask it in my name. But it wasn't just about the name. It was about the authority and the person that he was. So when we reverence the authority and the person that he is, we realize and know that it's more than just the name. It's the authority given to the Son of God. All and everything must yield and bow to the authority. So even if you say the name, that's authority. Even if you meditate upon his name, that's authority. Sometimes you can just think about things and they will manifest. Because you use the authority given to you by Christ, our Lord and Savior. He says, I will deliver you. I will set you free. I will exalt you. I will bless you and carry you into all of the eternal things of God. And fill you with wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Make you erudite and scholarly and intelligent. That you can go forth. And share the blessings and share the goodness and all of the things That the son of man has said. That he has said. He said to Thomas. Come here boy. Now now. Touch my hands. In the print. And thrust your hand in my side. But then he said. Because a lot of people have this same problem. He said but believe before you do it. And then Thomas said. My God and my Lord. My Savior. He didn't have to touch him. Because he knew. When he looked upon him, it was the Savior. Sometimes all you got to do is look upon Christ and realize that it is he trying to minister to you. It is he trying to talk to you. It is he trying to tell you something. Are you paying attention? He gave you two ears and what? One mouth. He said, be quiet and listen. Be quiet and hear what I'm trying to tell you. Listen to what I have to say because there's something good in it for you. It's something that will help you, will inspire you and uplift you. What Christ did, he didn't do it by accident. He didn't do it by chance. He didn't do it because he didn't have anything else to do. He did it because it had to be done. To redeem each and every one of us from our sinful condition. See, there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. We have to what? Rely upon and depend upon him. So he gives these instructions to the disciples and he said, go out there and tell the world. Tell everybody that there is a way 
For I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father but by me. When you receive Christ, you receive it all. So instead of saying, what? If you meet me and forget me, you ain't lost nothing. But you better not meet Christ and forget him. Because everything is at stake if you do. If you haven't received him and accepted him as Lord and Savior, what is the holdup? See, the devil going to say, don't do it today. Wait until tomorrow. Don't do it tomorrow. Wait until the next week. Don't do it this Sunday. You have another week. You can come back next Sunday. Next Sunday, you come back. Wait one more week. Don't do it yet. I need you to wait a little while longer. It's kind of like when we promised the children something. I'm going to do it. And then they say, Mama, you said you was going to do it yesterday. I'm going to do it today. Mama, you told me yesterday you was going to do it today. You haven't done it yet. That's how we are with Christ, some of us. We make promises, and we don't keep the promises that we make. We say we're going to do things, and we don't do the things that we say we're going to do. But Christ says, get it done. Christ says, believe and receive, and you shall have eternal life. All you got to do is what? Make that confession. And realize that this is the day that he rose from the grave for your sins and mine. This is the day that he died on the cross, but that he rose too. To give you life and to give it to you eternally. What is it that's standing in your way of letting him into your heart? What is it that may be standing in your way of accepting him as Lord and Savior of your life? What is it that's keeping you? Something somebody said? They don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. Something somebody thought, their thoughts ain't going to change your relationship with God. You have to answer to him for yourself. The word says, just as I am without one plea, Christ died for me, shedding his blood, that I may come forth and become a son. He said, we are sons by discipleship. We are sons by adoption. He adopted us back into the fold. See, Christ is a part of the Godhead. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one individual person. He ain't no trinity. I don't know where that came from. Holy Spirit is a person. He can be influenced. He can be grieved. He can be mistreated. He is a person. He is not just a thing that's hanging around. We used to sing that song, Sin Did On. He's not an it. He's a person. He has a personality. He has a power. He has influence. He is the one that can be grieved. See, that's why God says you can blaspheme God and it will be forgiven you. You can blaspheme Christ and it will be forgiven you. But there is never, ever any forgiveness for blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he is the third realization of the presence of God. See, when you say, come Holy Spirit, you can feel his presence. When you say, Holy Spirit, I invite you. When you say, good morning, Holy Spirit, welcome. He comes to you, but if you don't invite him, guess what? You still walk around stale and dry, no power, no authority. Nobody ever feels God when you say anything. But you've got to realize the power is now within you. He went back, but he what? He breathed. The spirit of life into each and every one of us that we all may know him, accept him and receive him and go forth and do what he told us to do. 
And when we do that, we have done what he asked us to do. He said, just tell one person. If everybody just tell one person about me. And have you won anybody to Christ in your lifetime? Has anybody said, I repent and I'm going to accept God because of your life, not because of what you said, because they saw him in your life. They said, I'm going to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm not putting it off another day, another hour, another minute, because tomorrow is not promised. What he said, take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will what? Take thought for the things of itself. It's not promised to any of us. Today was yesterday. Today is tomorrow. So tomorrow will begin a brand new today. So if you don't do it now, is there another day? That's not promised to any of us. But he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Stop carrying the heavy load yourself. Stop carrying the burdens yourself. You can't handle it yourself. You're not big enough. You don't have enough power. You don't have enough energy. We all have to go to God and say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If you withdraw yourself from me, where shall I go? Keep your faith and trust in him. He died. He was buried. And he rose again for your eternal salvation. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Elohim, our Heavenly Father, we come this morning to thank you, to praise you, to worship and adore, lift and exalt you. We bless you for this message of salvation. We bless you for this message of resurrection. We thank you that you rose from the grave, that we all may know you and receive you as Lord of our lives. We ask you now to forgive us for all of our sins. We ask you now to wash us in the blood and purify and cleanse our hearts and our minds. We ask you now for the salvation of anyone that may not have received you as Lord of their life. Let them come and receive you and and, and ask you to be Lord in their heart and to save them from a sinful condition. We bless you for this church congregation and we pray your covering and your protection over every member represented here today every visitor in the house for them we pray and ask you to touch set free deliver heal by your power and your anointing we thank you for all you've done for us and we thank you for this message we give you glory we give you honor and we give you praise and we thank you as thy servant's prayer let all of god's people say amen, amen. god bless you today